It's 4 o'clock on a Monday, and you know what that means, don't you? It's time for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. Yeah, baby. Woohoo! <laughs> Hello, everybody. Uh, I'd like you to welcome our special guest today, Mr. Craig Pilo. By the way, I should know this because I've known you now for like three years, I think. But um, somebody else, I just saw somebody on TV the other night had the same last name and they pronounced it Pilo. Really? Uh, yeah, but you'd go by Pilo, right? I do. But I guess when you're in Sicily, they do say Pilo. So either one is fine. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I've been using Pilo my whole life. So. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Lasco or Lascow, depending on who you ask. Anyway. <laughs> Great to see you. Uh, it's been a while. Um, Craig joined us, I think it was like three years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, three years ago. Yeah. And, and has been a, a great asset on our uh, A&R team at Taxi. He does a lot of work with us. Um, he's really good at what he does. He's highly experienced and we love having him in the family. And the ironic part is we haven't seen each other now for eight or nine months during the entire COVID thing. Right. And we're right. probably like seven or eight miles away from each other. That's right. It's <laughs> the first time we've seen each other. Yeah. One of my kids just came home. Um, she's uh, been in Israel for the last year and a half. She hasn't been home and she came home for two weeks. So we're all in quarantine around the house. But I right. got her locked in a bedroom upstairs when uh, the show's on so I can go maskless. And then yeah. like four days we're going to go get tested anyway so today hello everybody in the chat room um i don't have time to say hello to everybody individually today or we won't get to all the music but on today's show what we're going to do is we had people that are regular viewers of the show submit some instrumental cues which is an area of tremendous expertise for craig and he's going to listen to the stuff um craig if you want to listen all the way through you can if you feel like you've heard enough of a cue just go i've heard enough um, and then he's going to comment on it. And uh, as soon as I find a piece of paper, I may add a comment or two, but primarily I'm much more interested in what he's got to say than what I've got to say. Um, okay, got that. All right. Uh, all right, so you guys are all there. We're good to go. Um Everybody in the chat room can hear us and see us. All right. Look, a squirrel. That's right. <laughs> Craig, uh, all summer long we did, or we're still doing a quarantine happy hours on uh, Tuesdays oh, okay, and Thursdays now. Uh, it used to be Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Very informal hangout with a lot of the people that are in the chat room today. And we've become oh, cool. like, like a, a family of 60, 65 people. Uh, and so they know about me having to eliminate gophers in my backyard and that the squirrels uh, nice. <laughs> the squirrel, <laughs> squirrels are like ripping the stuffing out of the lawn furniture, that kind of stuff. I got to so tune into this. When did you say it was again? Uh, four o'clock on Tuesday, four o'clock on Thursday. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's just it's an informal hang. Sometimes it gets pretty educational. Other times, literally, we talk about what everybody's having to eat or to drink or you know, what lockdown is like. It was really started as a place for musicians to hang out together during lockdown and cool. yeah, meet collaborators and inspire each other. And it's worked out really, really well. We're a, Excellent. a yeah, nice little family. And uh, I got to admit that sometimes when I don't see them for a while, I actually miss these guys. 
Nice. Anyway, all right. So uh, the first thing on my list today. Oh, uh, sometimes when we do these things, we don't give out the names um, to protect the innocent. But I don't. I don't. I, I check the stuff out. There's nothing in here that I think anybody is going to be embarrassed by. So we don't need to protect anybody today. So let's give credit yeah. where credit is due. Because all this stuff is, you know, at least in the ballpark, if not pretty darn good. So Great. this first one is called Champions. It's a sports theme, and it's by Alex Dillon. Minute 36. The crowd well, goes wild. <laughs> yeah, I mean, first of all, I thought the theme sounded really good to me. It sounded it sounded like good writing. It's really hard to hear uh, the quality over the bandwidth. Um, right. I, I, it, it sounds to me like a lot of that was probably a little more synthetic than it should have been. But um, you know, as far as the theme and the writing goes, that sounded pretty good to me. Um, the duration was also good. The fact that it was 90 seconds is good. And, um, you know... Some of the typical stereotypical thin, uh, comments that I try to keep to a minimum the more I'm at taxi. I don't like saying the same things over and over again, but that one sounded to me like it needed more layers and it needed to build more going into the ending. It sounds to me like the ending was pretty well, well written, but it could have been a little bit more dramatic. You know, like somebody made the final catch or the final touchdown that won the game and the fans are rushing onto the field. I didn't quite get that from the finish on that one. Um, did you the ending was a little strange to me it's like he, he was crescendoing and then I expected this big bombastic ending and it walked right up to the cliff and then like kicked a little rock over the end there was like a I forget a coda or something on there that felt like it was out of place is that just me or was no yeah I mean again I, I it's hard to comment on the quality it sounds to me like that one may have been a little overly synthetic and and so i would write like that's pretty good but probably too much at the demo level you know like it sounds like it needed to be replaced with more live instruments um but but the writing was good it sounded to me like that theme was perfectly workable like you don't need to go back to the drawing board you just need to kind of produce it a little better 
You need to call some friends. You need to get more live instrumentation on there. And it needs to end with a bang. I mean, if you watch TV sports music and you watch a clip where they're showing, you know, maybe the football game got canceled and they show highlight reels, which I love watching that kind of stuff, on, especially on a day like today when it's raining. The music is bombastic and it gets you fired up and you're sitting there trying to have a nice, relaxing day watching football highlights. And the music makes you want to go, yeah, yeah. Made it. You know? <laughs> Even though you already know who won the game, the yeah, highlights are still and- awesome. So the music has to work accordingly to something like that. And that one, I just, I felt like the ending needed a little bit more of a, you know, a build and a, and a big bombastic dramatic conclusion, you know? And I need to ask you about one other thing that I noticed, but I was keeping my mouth shut. You're a drummer, just so everybody knows. Craig is like an A-list session drummer. Uh, he does road work with so, some really big people. He's, yeah, he's an A-list drummer. Um, okay, and anything well, about the the drums you'd like to comment on? Yeah, the fills the fills were a little uh, a little over the top in a few places. And again, when you program drums, you have to you have to think like a drummer, and it, it's hard because you know usually if you write production music, you tend to gravitate towards piano or being a keyboard or a, a keyboard player or being a guitar player. You know, typically. So the drums is usually something you just resort to whatever loops you have, or you program it a little, or or, or whatever, um, you gotta, if you're gonna write sports music, the best thing to do is to go on YouTube and Google sports music, or watch ESPN, watch some highlight reels and listen to what's being played and, and model your music after that. Some of those drum fills were pretty bombastic and I like bombastic drum fills, <laughs> don't get me wrong, but you also have to consider your environment and consider who you're writing for. And this is to underscore picture the drums sounded a little overpowering in some places. As much as I hate to admit that, it sounded like they were a little, <laughs> a little too creative. They took too many liberties in too many places. Uh, I, I checked it out before the show. I was checking levels, so I went and listened to like 30 seconds of each of these just to see where the levels were at. And I noticed on that that the drum fill was like... Yeah. And I giggled to myself knowing that you're a drummer, that you would <laughs> obviously pick up. A, and what it is is... If, if the piece were standing on its own and not being used against picture, that might work. It might make it more exciting somehow. But with picture, what it's going to do is take the listener and make him go, wow, drum fill. Yeah. And if the drum fill is what's getting noticed, then the yeah. guy about to catch the football or make the tackle is not. So a right. little busy on the drums. Yeah, and that's a good general rule of thumb for a lot of what we do at Taxi, where the music is supposed to support the scene. Um, or a scene, and it needs to be a little bit universal where it can, it, it can support things without interfering. And sometimes it can be a fine line because you want the energy, but without something that sticks out, like a, a guitar solo in an upper register or a big bombastic drum fill or a saxophone solo. Those things sometimes, as much as I enjoy all three of those things, they need to consider their environment and not detract from the picture. They need to be a more supportive role. I agree. But I, I also agree with you that it captured the sports theme vibe. It was very much like uh, ABC Wide World of Sports or exactly, something. Exactly. Yeah, the writing, the writing sounded good. Yeah. Yep. So good. Whoops. Ooh, touchy little mouse pad there. All right. This one is called Spooky. It's Spooky Intro by Barry Baz Eatwell. Thank mm-hmm. you. 
That was 55, that was 55 seconds, and I guess that's why it said intro. So it's just an intro to something else. So Okay, well, I mean, as an intro, I think, I think the guitar playing on there was fine. And, and it, I, I tend to prefer sparse intros. Um, it, it gives you somewhere to build to. So you've, you've got your natural developmental arc happening if you don't start too busy too quick. Um, that being said, I think 55 seconds is too long for an intro. I, I think the whole intro should be about, you know, 15 seconds, maybe 20 if it's really interesting and it's, it's building on your theme. I also, did I hear sound effects in there? Like some sort of... Uh... You did. You heard some sort of, it sounded like rain, the pitter-patter of rain followed by a Harley. And uh, <laughs> I was going <laughs> to, um, somebody wanted to get wet while they rode their motorcycle apparently. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, listen, from a musical standpoint, I thought some of those guitar lines could work really well as an intro, just like it mm -hmm. says. Um, I would tend to shy away from sound effects in general because I, I, there's guys in TV and film that do that. That's their job. Sound effects editor or soundscape or sound design, whatever. They're called different things on different shows. But um, I would leave that kind, those kind of sounds to them. And at Taxi, I, it's just easier if we just deal with the music you know, the, the composition from a standpoint, you know, unless they specifically want something that borders on sound design, I would shy away from sound effects in general. It just, yeah, it, it, yeah no library is going to sign it because they know the no. chances. I mean, anybody, a library couldn't pitch that piece, even though musically no. it sounded like this person, you know, was going somewhere and certainly, you know, had some stuff together, but the minute you play that for uh, a library, they're going to say, I'm sorry, I don't need stuff with sound effects in there because I can't pitch it anywhere. Right. What if the show that they're going to use it on is shot in a desert? Right. Uh, what if it predates motorcycles? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, it, it, it's got a workable start. I would, for, for something like that, I would progress a little faster. Use the guitar lines as your intro for the first 15 or 20 seconds. My notes say it could progress a little bit faster. It probably should morph into a groove at some point, just to give it a little bit of time definition. It doesn't have to be a full-on drum set groove, but maybe some percussion or shaker, something to define the time. And where it ended, I would add another 30 seconds to that. And, and for most instrumental cues, I mean, you, you know as well as anybody, 90 seconds to two minutes is really a good, a good duration to write without being giving specific parameters. Now, every listing's different, I get it. Some will accept more, but like if you're just looking to start writing a general instrumental cue, 90 seconds to two minutes is a perfect duration. If you build your library based on that parameters, I think, I think you're in good shape. I agree. You mentioned something before that I've spoken about many times on Taxi TV over the last few years, 
and I would love to get your definition and take on it, and that is developmental arc. Somebody recently uh, either asked for a refund or said they were quitting Taxi because um, their stuff had an arc. Well, he took arc to mean that kind of arc, you know, with an up and a down, uh, yeah. like the like the arch in St. Louis. Um, and I said, right. no, 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 I'm sorry, a developmental arc is blah, but I want you to say what what your interpretation is so I don't put words in your mouth. Okay. Well, first of all, I wouldn't think quitting taxi would be the answer. And that was something else I meant to start with is that thank you for keeping this going during the pandemic. I mean, what an ideal situation we all have. I mean, you've provided so many opportunities for all these members and stuff. So right away, I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest quitting taxi, not just because I screen there, but I, I, I wish that I had known about it. When I was getting started with production music, you probably could, would have saved me three or four years with my own development had I been a member. But anyway, back to the developmental arc. Um, there's a couple ways to combat this, and there's no there's no one um, there's no one way to write music. There's no one template that we all download for developmental arc. <laughs> I, I I think for instrumental music, libraries and producers and music supervisors tend to prefer a little bit of a kind of a trajectory, almost like imagine a crescendo. Now to get there, it's easier said than done. One of the strategies that I prefer when I'm writing reviews and stuff is to start a little bit more simple. Give yourself somewhere to build to. If you start too big, mm. you don't have anywhere to build to. Start with one instrument, either piano or, I mean, depending on the request, piano or maybe a sparse guitar line, spacious four to eight bars, 10 seconds, 15 seconds, depending on the tempo, then maybe introduce a slight groove, bring in your rhythm section, then introduce your theme, then maybe repeat your theme and add a layer. Then maybe go to some sort of B section and add another layer, then recap, then maybe some sort of breakdown if you're at the one minute mark already, and then build from there to the end and build all the way up to and including your ending and make sure the ending is you know, much bigger than your intro and much more conclusive and offers some sort of cadence. Three, six, two, five, one, two, five, one, four, five, one, one up the octave down to one, you know, something like that so, or, or a button ending like you're talking about, but it's yeah. gotta be dramatic. And I, I think like more of a crescendo works better than an actual arc. But again, you know, trying to compose music that's universal I know from my own submissions and the TV shows that I write for, they want to see a significant build. So you can do it with, um, from a composition standpoint, starting less busy and more sparse and increasing. You can do it from a dynamic standpoint where you just simply get louder. Um, you could also do it from an orchestration point where you add more layers of instrumentation as you go. The best answer is a combination of all three of those things, depending on the listing, you know. But I, I know from my own experience, libraries just love it when something starts simple. Maybe yep. there's a little bit of a break at the thing and then it ends in some sort of bombastic, dramatic fashion. You know, I've gotten a lot of places, placements and, you know, make a decent living from doing just those things right there. You know, uh, I think that advice was spot on. It's exactly what I was hoping you would say. Um, I, I want to play you something two years ago at the road rally. We had a a very smart 
very teacher-like in the best possible way video editor who uh, does a lot of reality TV. And before she was an editor, she was a story editor. So she really um, is quite cerebral, you know, um, in thinking stuff through, but yet she goes with her gut. So she did a thing on stage where we had her take a library of music, um, typical library cues, and decide what she was going to use, where she was going to use it, how she was going to use it, and actually go through the process with the show. And I think, uh, I forget what she was using to edit on, all on screen. So the audience learned why things worked. And one of the things, when I asked her to recap at the end, I said, so if you had to give us like five principles, one of the principles was that oftentimes just leading in with like a simple little drum thing is all you need for an intro. And listen to this. This is the Taxi TV theme that uh, Taxi member Keith LeBrant did for us. And it does exactly that. Just that. Yep. Go, going in. So, um, they want that because a lot of times the scene starts, you know, a door shuts and another shot pops up. Um, somebody walks out of a house, exits a car, leaves the kitchen, goes into the dining room, whatever it is, and there's a cut. They need something that says new scene, new beat, new idea. Yep. And that little drum turnaround, simple, doesn't make you wait for the red meat. Yeah, and simplicity is another art of writing as well. You know, uh, I was screening something last week that, you know, it, there was some good cues, some good writing, but it was just, it was too busy. You know, it was too much too soon. Just like you said, simple simplicity. And then once you start writing these cues a little bit more, you also understand how important like edit points are too. So like what you just played, you know, for something that where they need a little bit more build, that could have been a break that happened right around the one minute mark. And then it shifts into fourth gear with that drum fill and goes on to a, the same, maybe the same theme or a theme in slight variation, but with another layer and more energy, yeah. you know? So again, the simplicity is another art to doing this, you know? Absolutely. I All know right. some really experienced musicians and full on composers that kind of can trip over themselves. Sometimes they overcomposed, you know, they, they, I'm not saying dumb it down, but maybe boil it down to just the nuts and bolts of what you need for a good universal cue, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's a fair statement to say no editor working on a reality show and very few music supervisors that are using instrumental cues are looking for composer of the year. Um, That's right. Because if the composition is that complex and that amazing, it's going to detract from the show, from mm -hmm. the dialogue. So... Yep. All right, this one is called My Anthem, and it's by Brad Gray.
Interesting. Interesting. Almost at the end. Okay. How did it end? That was it. Dan, 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 dan. Uh, okay. How long was the queue? Two minutes, 35 seconds. Yeah, okay. So, I think, I see, this, this one's obvious for me because I screen a lot of those kind of cues. Um, good guitar playing, I thought, and, and a really nice groove. And I, I, that really kind of riff-driven playing is really happening right now. And I'm seeing more and more requests for... For that, for like the that black key style, uh, you know that kind of retro fuzz guitar, like yeah, we're seeing Blues a lot rock. of that right right now. Which which is what's that? Uh, blues rock. What did you say? Yeah, blues rock. I mean, I I think that one had some really great ideas and some great grooves. It needed a lot less repetition for one. It, it's really too repetitive. I would. I would avoid repeating phrases as is as many times as he did in there. Um, there was also some cool hits that he did uh, at some point. I would take those hits, that section with those kind of breakdown hits, move that right around the one minute mark. So you've got kind of a natural edit point and then build from there to the end. And the ending should be, again, between 90 seconds and two minutes. So that cue, I would safely shave off about 45 seconds, mm. um, get it to a minute. 45 see how it sounds and of course you have to revise that ending the ending needs to be a lot bigger and explode more but i like that guitar riff driven groove kind of thing that works well and if if this cue gets reviewed um revised a little bit and they implement some of those changes there's no reason that couldn't be forwarded and used but you got to do a necessary repetition Move those edit points so that break breakdown figure that I heard. Move that closer to the one minute mark, and then from there build, build, build to the end, and and craft some sort of cadence at the end. Like the fact that I had to ask, was it over? That's not a good thing. Like right. you got <laughs> to make it obvious to me that the song has ended. I got to know, like, wow, okay, that was great. It's over. Like I shouldn't have to ask. Well, is, is that it? You know, like you know. So. Yeah, you never want to be on the receiving end of somebody asking, "Is it over?" Think yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> but I, I like I like that style that that riff driven guitar rock. I mean, I yeah. think that's a very marketable and commercially viable situation. And it was um, a good lick. I really liked the melody yeah. on, on the lick that he built. As soon as you heard it, he went, "Okay, there's a cue in there." Yeah, I was like, I was just about ready to say, "Okay, shut it off. That's a forward." But then it was the same <laughs> cue over and over and over again, and that you can't you can't have all that repetition. Right. Yeah, it's a fine line, you know. I mean, if I were composing instrumentals, which I'm not, uh, I would, it's like, how do you know when you've repeated enough? And how do you know when you've crossed the line into too much land? It is a fine line because you, you want that sameness to keep the theme going. Um, you need to add the layers and the dynamics as it progresses to give yourself a developmental arc. But you also have to make, 
avoid being so repetitive that it just sounds like a loop. Yeah, I mean, look, repetition is a great writing tool. Um, and it's something I left out when I got started, when I, when I first started writing. I was one of those people that, you know, you'd write four or eight bars and then that's it. Go on to B and C and D. And, and that's not good either. Like repetition is a great writing tool. But what you have to do is add some layers as you go. And you have to get more into theme and variations. Vary the theme a little bit and add layers to it. That's, I'm not a huge fan of, of loops in general. I, right. I create my own. And if I do use a loop, um, I will affect it in some way or do something to it or just use a piece of it so that nobody else can download, download and make their, their cue sound exactly like anything I do. Um, I tend to shy away from them, but I do know a lot of people that use like splice and some other of these websites where you can just download like crazy. Um, I, I think it has its place, but again, just copying and pasting. I mean, that's never going to work because libraries just aren't going to go for that so you gotta you gotta do something from section to section to make it different yep all right moving on this next one is called middle east intention and it is by mr carl wurzbach that one um you know I, I would love to hear like the reference that 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 would have been submitted for like was that a drone like a middle eastern drone kind of request could have been i don't know uh, you know i just get a random list of what liz gets that people submit for the show so I, it's not in reference to anything in this context how long was it uh Thank two you. minutes and eight seconds 
again, you know, it felt a little long, but only towards the very end. And, uh, you know, with a better ending, I think that one could have been a forward, you know, um, with a better ending. It, again, it got a little bit repetitive, but I think only because it was too long. If, you, right. if that cue was a minute and 45 seconds with a nice ending, that could have been a forward. And I liked the subtle beginning. Um, I like I, I like how the, you know, I'm not sure. I, it was hard for me to hear if that was a tambourine. I know there was like a little either a doombeck or a tabla in the background. Right. But I liked how subtle it was. And that's good because, again, it's it's good underscore. So this one would have been very, very close. Um, again, in a, with a better sound system, it sounds to me like that one, again, needed a better ending and probably maybe 20 seconds less duration. And that could have been a forward, you know. Um, again... I, it's hard for me to exactly comment on the broadcast or mastering quality through the through the, our situation here, but um, I like how subtle and sparse that was. That was good. Those were all that person's definitely on the right track as far as putting together underscore for a drone or minimalistic Middle Eastern type of request. That one would have been a good with a better ending. That one would have been a viable consideration. There was a movie out eight or ten years ago called The Kingdom. Uh, there was a bomb that went off at like an American embassy or something in one of the Middle Eastern countries and they sent over some FBI um, people to examine the, you know, the whole situation, figure out who did it, blah, blah, blah. And there were several scenes that this would have worked really, really well in. And I completely agree. The, the, the little hand drum thing being so subtle to me was... I thought brilliant. Um, yeah. Really, it lent some tension to it rather than just coming in at normal volume. This made it simmer and made you feel like something was on the horizon. It probably wasn't all that good. Um, I would have brought it in sooner. I agree. I, I would have only gone 15 or 20 seconds and brought that in and then had a, a, a more definitive ending that said something and you would almost have to think about what it says do you want it to be like holy crap do you want it to be like well that's the end of that it almost it needs to be an exclamation point with a theme if you will exactly <laughs> and i thought they did a good job developing and structuring the percussion on that and yeah middle eastern percussion you got to be careful um because it's easy to get like some of the more traditional tabla players. It's very good, but it's also very busy. Same thing with Doombeck and stuff. It can be it can be too much too quick. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought that person did a really good job layering that in. And I, I thought that was a pretty well constructed cue, to be quite honest with you. Great. Good job, Carl Wurzbach. Uh, OK, the next one is Wave Rider by Craig Lady, I believe it's H L A D Y. Let's have a listen to Wave Rider.
cool. <laughs> that, that, that surf stuff is always so much fun to screen, you know, because it's just, it's, it's fun music, you know, like. It's, Absolutely. And, you know, people that have, I mean, it sounded, again, with the quality wise, it sounded like all live players to you, right? Yeah, it did. Uh, and it, frankly, it wasn't until about two thirds of the way through, I went, oh crap, this is all live players, I think. Either that or yeah. a really good job of faking it, which is impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, again, how long was that? This one was long. It was two minutes, 57 seconds. Okay. I mean, for some reason, I seem to remember those surf requests being more like two to four minutes. So I, I think two to three on that one is okay. I wouldn't go too much longer than that. Because again, the, the problem with when you start stretching these to four minutes is it inevitably just starts getting too repetitive. So one of the cures for things being too repetitive is to not have the duration be four minutes long. You know? right. Um <laughs> I think it was it was pretty good right up until again it, it, towards the end it felt a little repetitive to me, but you can cure that by just knocking off some of the duration. It doesn't need to be three minutes. I think that one could probably work because I seem to remember the surf requests being like two to four minutes. There's um, a reason for that. Uh, solo cocktail piano pieces they generally ask for instrumentals as opposed to cues because the scenes are definite or generally two people in a restaurant or a bar, they're having a conversation, the scene lasts a long time. So a 90 second cue and built the way cues are built isn't gonna work. Well, surf stuff ends up oftentimes being in action scenes or maybe even legit surf scenes. Uh, and, and those generally aren't little 12 seconds, you know, Kim Kardashian can't get the cap off the milk container. Scenes. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I thought that cue was pretty good. I mean, I, I, um, I, it, it's hard for me to hear the, the, the quality over the, over the earphones, but I, I, again, I liked the theme. Um, it sounded like they had the right instrumentation and it had like kind of that crunch, uh, organ sound that I love. Um, yeah, I, that would have been one that I, I, I probably would need a better set of headphones to listen to. And I would probably, even if I, if I did have a good quality recording, I would probably have to listen to that one twice. And again, yeah. depending on the reference, that one sounded pretty good to me. It sounded like it was pretty well written. I would have liked to have heard more distinguished sections for that one. Uh, here's your head. Here's a short solo. Here's just some underscore with the same changes, but no head or no melody. Here's like a wipeout kind of Tom breakdown. And then here's our outro chorus building into a big bombastic ending. I would have liked to have heard more obvious definition in those sections. But again, depending on the references, that one might have worked. If they just wanted kind of a garage rock sounding surf band, which a lot of these libraries like, they like that authenticity. They like it. Mm -hmm. They don't want it too polished. They don't want it, like I just said, with the clearly defined sections. They want it to sound like a garage rock surf band. There's something to be said for that, too. And I love that live raw energy as well and that works for a lot of scenes you know they yeah. don't want they don't want a polished pro tooled quantized surf thing they want it you know 1950s yeah. and raw so it worked as is you know authenticity rules all right this next one is called yeah. badass walking and it's by dan weber
Somebody listens to a lot of Hendrix, huh? Yeah. I love it when you can hear the Hendrix influence or the kind of Led Zeppelin influence. I love that, like when you, when it's got that character and that that definition. I, I like that. Another very cool guitar riff. Um, yep. Pretty pretty catchy. Um, sounded sounded to me like probably would have benefited from more live players, right? With some of that some of that sounded pretty programmed to me. I wasn't sure. Um, the fact that I noticed and was wondering means that it, it might have been um, programmed. I don't know. I was listening to the drums, and when he was doing those cool little tom things, I'm going, I know you can do that, you know, with programming, um, but he was thinking like a drummer at least. Yeah. Which I appreciated. <laughs> there was also some interesting decisions in the arrangement on there when things just dropped out. Uh I would think those sections through a little bit more because it's a really cool riff. How long was it? What was the total? Uh, it was one minute and 51 seconds. Okay, so the duration's good. Um, some of the same notes on that one, too. I, I really like those riff, those guitar riff-driven things because I'm seeing and hearing a lot more of it on TV. So, again, I, I think it just needs some rearranging uh, on there. I, I, it sounded like things dropped out a little bit too soon on there. Um, I don't. I don't know if you could see the wave file in front of you, but at some point, it looked like the drums and the bass dropped out. Yeah, I'll and, play of the section. Yeah. Uh, it was right about. It's early on, like twenty or thirty seconds. Right there. Yeah. Where is that? What's what, what? What's the mile marker on that? About thirty seconds. Yeah. I would save major shifts. I would shave. I would save major shifts in contour, like that, for like right around the one minute mark. Like build up to the one minute mark, and then do a breakdown of something like that. Thirty seconds, you should be getting bigger, not breaking it down at that point. You haven't really established right. the full guts and glory of your theme yet. Like after you've built a little bit more, and you felt like you're about to get too repetitive, that's when you put that edit point or that breakdown in. Maybe around the fifty-eight second one minute mark to give yourself a little bit of variation. Um, That's great again, advice. I like the, I'm a sucker for those riff-driven things, though, too, because I, I hear it a lot. And if it's catchy and riff-driven and it sounds like a bunch of guys jamming in a garage, I, I don't know, that sound is really popular right now. But it doesn't mean that you're excused from a well-thought-out, orchestrated, arranged cue. Like, you can't craft every cue like you're just jamming in your garage. It, production music needs to follow certain rules if you want it to be placed. If you want the commercial viability and the placements in the use, you're going to have to figure out how to have an intro. Oh, man. Body, oh. And then a well thought out ending. I mean, you're going to have to figure that out to get a placement. And it sounded like that one could have been arranged a little bit better uh, with, with the caliber of guitar playing that I heard. It sounded like that person needed to do a better job with the arrangement. You know, funny enough, uh, I've learned from speaking to editor friends that they use the visual of the waveform a lot. That they will listen literally to a couple of seconds at the beginning of a cue and go, yeah, it's in the ballpark. Then they look at the waveform uh, because the waveform tells the story. And I looked over at the waveform in this one, I went, that's too early. You can see you know, that it's like a tooth had been pulled on the waveform, yeah. a big, big gap. And I thought, it's probably the right idea in the wrong place. And you echoed that sentiment perfectly. Um, because, yeah, you know, again, 
Go ahead. Sorry. Well, e editors will look for, they'll go, okay, I like this. I wonder if it's got a great edit point. I wonder if it's got some cool variation. And that's when they look further down the waveform. You're right. They don't want it that early because that early stretch is probably what they'll use in the beginning, but they may look for that break right before they go to the big bombastic ending, you know, with a sting out or something. Yeah, and, and again, I know that from experience, and uh, I, I only recently discovered the message boards on Taxi, like a month ago. I've been there for three years. I finally, I, I forget, uh, I, it was over Christmas. I think I was just, I had my laptop, and I was just searching on the Taxi thing. I was surfing around. I was like, wow, this is really cool, where everybody shares. And there was also a little bit of venting, which is also good. But one of the comments I saw was like, oh, the screeners are these old a and r people that are grouchy and everything and okay that might be true i, I, I don't know all it's the screeners. not true <laughs> no it's not true but I, I i was like yeah they're old and i'm like wait wait they're talking about me and i'm like okay first of all like I, there's some amazingly talented screeners attacks i don't know all of them but the few that i do know wow i mean like you have some really talented people screening this stuff second of all there's also a lot of people like myself and i know my music has been rejected for that same reason. Like it, uh, the, the, the breakdown came too early in the tune. Uh, Craig, you got to redo that. Your ending wasn't big enough. I've made all these mistakes. Now, I did it 15 years ago, um, but I've made all these mistakes. So it's very easy for me to see exactly why that cue is going to get passed over. And one of the things I try to do when I'm screening something is give people tangible things that they can fix with their music rather than saying like, oh, it's too blue or it's too much like Hendrix and not enough like, you know, Angus Young or we need a little bit more John Paul Jones and Jimmy Page in here. You know, I, rather than to say abstract things, I try to, from a producer, composer standpoint or instrumentalist, I try to give things that they can fix so that when this listing comes around again, they can get their music forwarded. Um, and I don't think of myself as old and crotchety. I mean, I might be, I might be older <laughs> than the people submitting, but I was like reading that and I was, I was laughing because it's like, man, I, I'm just a, I'm the same. I'm, I still submit music. Now I do, I do write a little bit more now directly for a TV show than to fill a void in a library. But I, I also try to give tangible information and it's easy for me to see it because I've been in that position. I, I've been on the submitting side before. So I know what the people are looking at. That's, that's the only difference between me and some of the members is that I've been doing it a lot longer and it's easier for me to spot why something's going forward or it's getting returned, you know? Uh, you brought up a great point about the screeners. Yeah, people, uh, every nobody wants to, I shouldn't say nobody, very few people um, want to say, yeah, the screener was probably right. You know, it's really easy, especially for new members or people who don't know as well or who haven't gotten like comfortable in a taxi ecosystem, they're liable to say, oh, that screener, you know, didn't get any last night, didn't have enough coffee this morning, uh, must have gotten some bad news before he came into the office. Uh, anything is possible, I guess, but I know the screeners. And I was sitting there listening the first five, 10 minutes of the Today Show going, I hope people catch Craig's vibe. And I hate to sound so California about it. Right. But but you embody the spirit of the, the screener pool. Um, you know, you guys are all people who love music. You want to help people. Um, and, and you're not a bunch of washed up has-beens. No. Um, <laughs> and furthermore, like, you know, not to interrupt, but we've also, all of your screeners have been on the receiving end. When you work your tail off for a piece of music, you hire live guys, you, you, you wrote it out in finale, you, 
you had a session, you feel really good about this and you submit it and it gets returned. And I, it sucks. No, I get it. You know, I've had my music slapped back to me and said, no, this is smart. It sucks hearing that. But at least a taxi, you get a return. Whereas if you were submitting to a library or a producer or a director or a music supervisor, you're only going to get to do that once or twice. And then they're not taking any more of your music. And that's it. Right. You've burnt the bridge. So it's better to do it at taxi where you get a return and a reason why it was returned so you can fix it. Now, some of the things do get a little irritating when you write the same thing to the same member over and over and over again, and they submit the same unedited cue. That gets old. But yeah. barring that, you've got some real talent in your member pool at Taxi as well. You know, I've heard, like, even what we've listened to so far today, there, just like you said, there hasn't been a bad submission. Probably all of them needed a little bit of revision, but good riffs, good writing, and, you know, I try to say those things when I'm when I'm doing the screening. What's good about yeah. it? You know, like uh, as well as give them something tangible that they can fix. So but I'm not old and crotchety. No, you're not. Um, <laughs> and, and you care about these guys and you're super Absolutely. knowledgeable. But I, I wish that every person who's ever heard a bad thing about Taxi or every member who's ever been pissed off about Taxi or people that didn't renew because they were upset with some critiques. I wish they could spend a day at the office, which they're welcome to do under non-COVID circumstances. Yeah. You know, pay us a visit. Let us know you're coming and, and meet some screeners, you know, hang out in the in the kitchen, coffee area with some screeners for 15 minutes. And you go, wow, I'm fortunate to have these people listening yeah, to this stuff. No, they actually I'm, I'm know what they're doing. I'm fortunate to be around the other screeners. I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to mention the names because I, I know I know some of them. I don't know all of them, but the ones that I do know, I mean, really talented people. You know, really yeah. hardworking, full-time musicians. And again, that's one of the only things that separates us from the members is that you know I'm doing this. I feel like I'm working harder during COVID. I'm probably working 10, 12, 14 hours a day, um, but I do it full time. You know, I think all your screeners do as well. So yeah. again, that's that makes it a little bit easier for us to pinpoint what needs to be fixed about a queue and what doesn't. But yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I, I know what it's like to be on the receiving end. Um, I'll give you another example. I, I submitted to a, um, a theme song for a TV show not too long ago. And I spent, you know, a couple weeks writing it, a couple, you know, a lot of money producing it and it, and it was rejected. Um, and you know, you got to just move on from that. Maybe I can use the queue for something else. Maybe I can rework it. Maybe I can recondition it. Maybe I can't, but it was a learning experience for me, you know, and uh, it still happens. And so getting cues returned, uh, if, if getting a cue or two returned is going to really wreck somebody's week, <laughs> then quite frankly, there's, there's better ways of making money. You know, uh, you got to take the critiques with a grain of salt, uh, fix them if they can be fixed and, you know, submit it again. Um, again, not to upsell anybody, but you do pretty well with those custom critiques as well, right? I, I always forget to mention those, but everybody who gets them swears by them and loves them. Okay. I've done a few. I mean, I, I've done uh, quite a few. I like doing it because you can actually, you're not kind of on the timeline to crank out a bunch of things for a request. You can actually sit down and analyze a song and really get under the hood of the song and work on the arrangement with them a little bit. And I, I, I like it. You know, I personally like doing the custom critiques. Um, but, um, you know, yeah. 
It's funny, as we were talking, a flock of geese flew over at like 100 <laughs> feet. They were so loud, I was actually getting them picked up in the microphone and showing up <laughs> in my earbuds. All right, this one's called BB's a Knockin', and it's by Dave Barnett. say you cool i mean again really good guitar playing and i think it has a nice theme i think it needs more of a live sound and again it it, it just felt like a lot of those sections were the similar were, were too similar or too much the same and what was the duration on that one it was two minutes 25 seconds okay not bad again for that style that, that that's probably okay um that last Again, little nothing, section, that last yeah. little section, I went, oh, finally, you turned on the lights. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I would have gotten that interesting, you know, 15 seconds into it. Right. I, I, again, uh, and th those breaks, that, that, that kind of stop time figure, bop, bop, bop. That, again, that's something that would go great at the 58-second mark. You know, shake yeah. us up a little bit. Like, it was, a, it was good writing. It was good playing. I think it needs more of a live sound, and I think it was too repetitive. Um, it, you gotta, you gotta bring it someplace new, especially after the one minute mark. Um, but you know, again, it had its good points too. The, what's funny is that the members lately, they seem to be getting the hard parts. Like they seem to, I, I, I've, I've been hearing a lot of good themes lately, some, some good writing, um, some good playing, some good writing. I mean, that's the hard part right there. 
I always thought the arranging was the easy part, you know, like just moving it around on the in Pro Tools or whatever you use. Um, uh, um, but yeah, you, you, you just can't copy and paste uh, sections. That's just not going to work. Um, and you, you got to add some layers to give it some build towards the end. Or again, do it with the composition. Do some sort of breakdown. You know, we, we covered this a little bit before. You can do it with the composition itself. You can do it with the orchestration. You can do it dynamically. You can do it rhythmically by adding some more, you know, go to 16th notes or something. Um, there's ways to help these things build and you, you got to pick one of those strategies and implement it. This next one, I'm really curious to see where it goes because I'm looking at the waveform. So I keep looking over here going, this one's got potential only by looking at the waveform. All right. So let's find out if I'm right or I'm wrong. This is called Column Guitar Lift and it's by Robert Cass McKenty. Take it away. Man, that's interesting. And that, that's a tough one to call uh, for a couple reasons. One, I, it's hard for me to imagine what's that 
going to score? Like what, what, what category do you put that in? I had a, a tough time. I was trying to decide what the emotion was and I felt like I could hit on an emotion or two, but in different places. And can't, I wrote down two notes, two cues, two emotions. Yeah. I mean, I, I hate labeling anything, let alone music or somebody's hard, hard, hard work. But the cue out of the gate kind of needs to tell us what it's going to be used for. And I had a hard time trying to figure out. I, it definitely feels like in some sort of romantic comedy, maybe. Um, yeah, you know, a rom-com kind of scene as two people are meeting or, or maybe a slight montage scene recapping the good times. It definitely had a happy, uplifting feel. Um, again, the theme was a little repetitive. Were those, I couldn't really hear too well. Were those horn samples on there? I honestly don't know, but Cass is in the chat room. So Cass, can you let us know if those were live or samples? It sounded like they were samples to me or triggered or generated. Uh, Cass says yes, they yeah. were samples. Yeah. Um, you know, again, if you want to play, and I, I, I did a custom recently for somebody who was saying, well, you know, I only have these samples and I can't afford live musicians and I played everything myself. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> that's fine. But again, if you're going to, if you're going to want the big placements and play ball with the big boys, you gotta, you're going to have to invest a little bit of startup in getting some better sounds and some better samples. Again, it was hard to hear through these, but a cue like that would really need to have an organic flair to it to get placed. Um, Cause you have to watch a rom-com um, which I'm not huge on, but my wife loves those things. So they're always on. Um, so, I, and I do pay attention to the music um, and it's top notch. I mean, it's top notch. If you listen to the background music in today's rom-coms, the music is great. You know, it's all played live and they, and they have, it has great contour and it, it scores the scene perfectly. So I don't, it's hard. That one's a tough one to call, you know, and that, that was another point that I was hoping to, interject at some point it doesn't feel i'm not sure it's relevant on this cue but screening is really easy when the cue is nails and you just press forward and it's really easy when it's way off it's like right. oh they submitted a jazz cue for a heavy metal listing um it's really hard when the cues are close <laughs> you know but not good enough like and you have to tell them again boy and it must it must really be hard to hear that like this was really close but it's not oh, yeah. right for this scene and then we get, you know, emails from people say, well, the screener said it was really close. Why couldn't you send it to the library owner? Why couldn't you send it to the music supervisor and let them decide if it's, it's close enough or not? <laughs> well, first of all, with if you're going to have a horn-heavy cue like that and horn arrangements, it, it really needs to be by live horns. I mean, there's certain things you can get away with programming and certain things you can't. Live horns is definitely, you know, I mean, there are some programs... Um, but it also depends on the horn line itself. You know, if, the, if you're pro programming a tower power kind of thing or something like we just heard, the horns really should be live. You know, yeah. it's really hard um, to, to program something like that. And, but I think that cue, the biggest problem I heard was the same thing you said was more of the identity. Like, what's that going to be used for? Um, yeah. Maybe it was a forward. You know, if there was a, a reference or a listing that described exactly what we just heard, it might have worked. I don't know. Um, but it... it <laughs> Uh, it would work emotionally in an indie film. Uh, 
um, that's kind of a quirky indie film and somebody's having a thoughtful moment, you know, after they've left somebody's house in a conversation, but it would be scored. It wouldn't be a cue in a library waiting to be found because right. it doesn't, doesn't have a singular identity. Right. But you know what? There's also nothing wrong with vibing off of score. I've got an idea right. from my own cues from watching... Well, I don't want to admit this too loud, but but watching some of my wife's god awful rom coms that she watches, like I've gotten interesting musical ideas from some of the cues that I hear, because I'll be on my laptop doing something else, and we'll be sitting there, and she's watching the movie, and I'm you know checking the Red Sox score or whatever, and uh, um, I'll hear something, I'll be like, well, that's an interesting melody, and then you know maybe I'll press pause and go record it, and and it, it sparks something. So there's nothing wrong with um, you know incorporating some of those score-like ideas into your cues. Um, with that right. one, I just think they could have, it could have eked more of an identity, or more of character. It needed more of a stamp of what it was going to be used for. By the way, not for nothing, my wife and I have been binging, binging a show on Netflix called Money Heist. Uh, it was, it's been shot and produced in Spain. It's dubbed. The dubbing is good enough that you can still get into the show, and they've got five seasons, and we're... I believe midway through season three right now. Something that we noticed that we were talking about last night is that after season two, the music got better. The the cues or the songs they licensed were clearly more expensive songs. Um, the score got better. So it's interesting. After a show makes it through a couple of seasons and looks like it could go the distance, the producers start allocating more money where it should be spent, which is the music. Now, the editing, everything just got better. It's like they realized they had a hit on their hands and they just opened up the floodgates on the money. But it was really obvious that the music just gets better after about two or three episodes into season two. You, it's noticeable, at least to a music guy. Anyway. I will check it out because I've been looking for a new show. Um, I was checking out um, Get Shorty on, uh, I can't remember if it's on... Uh... Not the not the movie that the, they have the, a series. Get sure, I didn't yeah. even know that. And I don't think it's related to the movie at all. And it's excellent, but it's scored by Antonio Sanchez, the drummer who did the music for Birdman. Oh wow! Yeah, and it's really excellent. And I'm, I'm as obviously as a drummer, I'm getting really excited that I'm getting more and more personal requests for that style of thing. I just did a I did a bunch of cues for a show earlier in the pandemic called Shelter in Place. I haven't even seen if it aired yet because I've been so busy cranking out whatever's coming next. Um, but I did a kind of an Antonio Sanchez kind of drum score. I did a whole little kind of CD with like 10 or 20 cues of just drums. Um, but I, stuff like that I like too because it's innovative. You know, it's, it's, not, it's got, a, it's, it, it's got a, a distinct identity. It's not your dramedy type, type cue with pit strings and stuff. You have to find new creative ways to get the same mood accomplished but I, I i like i'm always so i wrote down money heist i'll definitely check it out because uh i'm looking for a new show to binge watch here it's bingeable uh, all right next one is called classic love and this one's by elvain shala or shala and this one's two minutes 42 seconds so i may fade it a little soon it's really long okay
Interesting. Was that the ending right there? That was the ending. Okay. Yeah, I decided not to fade it just because it was. It looked like it had potential by looking at the waveform to go somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. Um, I'm putting my money on that. This was a song that the somebody took the vocal, you know, the lyric out and just replaced it with Nana's. I could be wrong. I, I believe that Elvain is in the chat room. Did it used to be a song, Elvain? And I hope I'm not butchering your name. Waiting for a response. I know there's a little delay. Yeah. Speaking of which, that's one of the things about COVID is the delay and the IFBs on the news, you know, when they interview somebody. Yeah. <laughs> it's like sometimes it works great. Other times there's like a five second delay and it just totally messes up the broadcast. Yeah. It, it, you can tell it messes with their rhythm a little bit. Oh, Absolutely. Uh, Elvane, answer me. Well, I'll tell you, this is probably more of a one for, for you to comment on, because I know your, your background is in mixing and engineering, right? Yeah, I mean, a long, long time ago, probably, you know, I was doing it when you were born. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I mean, seriously, it's been, you know, 35 I mean, years, but I, I thought that the mix sounded really good on this. The, the bottom end was where it needed to be. The nanas were a little loud. Um, and That was the first thing that I noticed was I thought the vocals were a little loud. And at least over this, they sounded kind of dry to me. Yeah. 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 yeah, which I thought they were going for a thing, which if it was only for a little bit, it would have worked really well. The fact that it was so repetitive 
made it very obvious that it was so dry. But I'm still not getting an answer. I, I think that maybe she went to, I, I don't know if it's a man or a woman, honestly. Um, whoever it is went out for a pizza because I'm waiting for an answer to find out if this was a song or not. But again, this is another classic example of it's, it's not a bad hook. It's not a bad theme. It's not a bad motif. Uh, the intro was good. I, the things that stuck out to me <coughs> was that that vocal was a little loud and a little dry. Yeah. Um, and I've come across that. That's not as common. I, I do remember it in the last couple of weeks where it's kind of a good tune, but you could tell the vocal person produced it. it. The vocals are the loudest thing in the mix, and it's like the vocals are chopping your head off, and 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 they're too dry. It's like pull them back in the mix a little bit, add a little bit of reverb, or you know, I, again, I'm not, you know, I I wasn't brought up as an engineer, but if you're not sure about something, hit YouTube. Um, you know, there's all sorts of tutorials online. I one of the things I like to tell people to do is Google your specific DAW on YouTube. If you're using Logic or GarageBand or Pro Tools or I use Cubase, but um, you know, Google your specific DAW and Google do a search for how to mix vocals or how to layer vocals within a mix. Yeah. There's all sorts of tools and plugins and stuff you can use. A lot of it comes native to whatever DAW you're using. So check that out. That's one of the things you can do to make your mix better. The vocal track on that also sounded to me like towards the end, like add another vocal track to it, like add some harmony, um, layer up the vocals a little bit, especially for the chorus. Um, you don't have to go nuts with the harmony, but maybe double it, pan it left and right. You know, there's things you can do to add a little bit more texture. And again, that also helps with making it sound a little less repetitive and it gives it a little bit more of a natural developmental arc if you add some harmonies to the later choruses and stuff like that. Agreed. Um, let's go on to another one. We've only got 12 minutes left. What oh are you boy. doing? What are you doing tomorrow at four o'clock? <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently there's a cocktail hour I'm going to. There is the quarantine happy hour tomorrow. And I was going to do New Year's resolutions, but we did a show that was kind of similar to that a couple of weeks ago or a week ago. Anyway, um, you want to come back and do the rest of these tomorrow. We'll do a couple more before the show ends today, yeah. but I'd lo love to have you back. Yeah, awesome. that'd be fine. Great. Um, all right, this one is called Shimmy With Me, and it's by Ewart Williams. Herbie Hancock.
What do you think? Uh, you know, I, I, you can obviously hear the Herbie Hancock influence on there. It was like a faster version of Cantaloupe Island and stuff. Um, and nothing wrong with that. I mean, if you're going to vibe off of somebody, I, I can't think of any better person <laughs> to vibe off of than Herbie Hancock. You know, I mean, those are all good ideas. Um, I, I think that one needed more of a theme. You know, it, it had a lot of cool rhythmic stuff. It, it, it sounded like um, a rhythm track for like a lead that never really came in. Um, and I, hmm. a lot of good ideas, but I, I think I think your theme is ultimately what's going to sell your song, whether it's instrumental or not. Now, a lot of the mixes that I do, um, the first alternate mix that I do is no theme. So it'll be like, you know, right. full mix, no theme, no lead instrument, sparse mix, two minute mix if it goes on past, which mine never do. But um, um, so I, I think that one needed some more theme and some more thematic development. I think the groove was good. The ideas were good. The riff was cool. Um, you're probably okay with that one. It probably didn't sound enough like Cantaloupe Island that you'd get into trouble, but you also want to be conscious of that. If you're going to, if you're going to take a, you know, a hit or, uh, I guess if that was a jazz, hit, I don't know when that, when that song came out, probably in the seventies at some point, you got to be careful about taking that exact line. You know, um, so uh, yeah, I think the the main source of that one for me would have been it needed more theme and a little less. Um, I I was looking at the mix because that's what you know I grew up doing, <laughs> assuming that you could call me grown up, um, and I thought the mix was pretty darn good on this. It, it was. Uh, I like the the relationship of, of the bass and the kick drum, which is something I rarely hear. Now, I think you know I worked at Criteria Studios back in the days. Of, yeah, you know the the BGs and Clapton and the Eagles and all that great stuff. Legendary, absolutely. And uh, by the way, if you haven't seen the BGs documentary that's on HBO, I think um really really good just came out around thanksgiving definitely cool. worth watching uh one of the people who gets a lot of FaceTime in there was the um is carl richardson who is one of my mentors at criteria oh, cool. a bg co-producer co and i interviewed him for the road rally this year so it was great oh, cool. uh, how lucky of him to be on the road rally and in a bg's documentary nice. <laughs> <laughs> anyway um they spent all the engineers on staff there and the producers as well everybody would congregate like in, in the uh, mastering room or in a control room. Uh, it wouldn't necessarily have to be at the end of the day because in a studio like that, there is no end of the day. Something's always right. working. But you would find four, five, six, eight, ten people hanging out in a very small space listening to like Stevie Wonder, Inner Visions or Elton Jeez. John, Yellow Brick Road and just concentrating on nothing but the bass and kick relationship. They yeah. were obsessed with that. So when I hear something that does that well, I like to comment. And this one, I thought, did it well. Yeah, you've got a big stable of like kind of hip hop producers and stuff. And you can hear that they took the time to do the proper, I guess a lot of people use side chain compression, um, you know, with EDM and hip hop music and, and it's got its place. But you can hear a lot of your hip hop submissions and stuff that I get. The, the productions are really good. You know, um, you've got some really good producers that are members as well. Um, somebody named Ron Svoboda comments in the chat room, Michael, just guessing you've listened to these songs on normal headphones prior to this taxi TV question mark. I haven't. 
Actually, all I did was check levels, and I heard about five or six of them before we got started, And because I was looking at the waveforms going, well, some of them have tiny little waveforms, some of them have big fat waveforms. I just wanted to make sure that I was aware that I'd have to be writing levels on the output on my little mixer here. And so, no, I haven't done any critical listening at all. This is it. <laughs> okay, one more. We've got five minutes. Um, this one is called Hard Hitter, and it's by Fletcher Wilson. I'm dying to hear what you got to say. Cool. Uh, again, that's another one I would like to hear on better fidelity. Um, a lot of cool things happening. I like the tubular bell intro. I thought the drum groove was cool and syncopated. Um, you might want to straighten it out, but it felt a little almost distracting in some places. But I don't know. At the end of that sounded good. What was the total duration on that one? Uh, minute 55 and I lost you you broke up a little bit on that last song uh, last thought what was it that you said uh, could be fixed uh, I was saying I think I think that the tubular bells and the, the syncopation from the drum track was pretty good on that I, I'm wondering if it's if it got a little too syncopated in a few places and it might have benefited mm. from something a little more straight um, it, it wasn't bad it's just that you don't want it to detract from the music as much as it did um, that right. said, I, I liked the stops and the edit points and how big it got towards the end. That was pretty good. Again, that's another one, you know, depending on the reference and what they needed, that one sounded pretty good to me. Um, how did you feel about the, the samples? I couldn't tell if it, and I'm not expert with samples, um, having never used any, but uh, sounded like the articulations. Uh, it could have been a, a, a higher end library with not great sense of what those instruments would do in real life therefore not great articulations or maybe it was a mid-level library that just wasn't 
played all that well, but it sounded like a keyboard player playing an orchestra, not orchestra players. Yeah, that's hard to hear over the over the Wi-Fi connection we have. But when I'm yeah. screening it, you know, it's it's a little bit easier to hear. And yeah, just what you said, it, it you know, I think people are willing to accept that unless you're dropping some serious coin, it's not going to sound like an actual orchestra. But it also can't sound like the whole session was done on one keyboard. You know, <laughs> so right. you gotta you gotta be ready to compete if you're gonna, especially if you're gonna do trailer type music like that. That's a great and exciting field to be into. But man, the competition's heavy. You know, you got to have great sounds. You got to be willing to compete with the big boys. And again, if you want your music, you got to, part of it's a mindset too. You can't just think like, oh, you know, I'm sure it'll be fine and I'll do it on this. You know, I have a Kurzweil. It's got everything I need. I've got a motif. It's great. I've got a Korg, you know, I've got all these great keyboards. They have great, you can't, it can't be like that. You know, you have to think on a on a john williams kind of level on a on a hans zimmer you have to think that your production and you have to be honest with yourself your production has to be on that level or it's just not going to get used there's a lot of libraries um the the trailer music's great it's exciting it's a great it's a a great field to be in but it's competitive and your sounds need to be according you know they need to be on that level yeah usually the trailer guys are specialists they don't you know, leave that lane very often. If they do, it's almost That's like an right. after, afterthought or an accent. So they spend, you know, 90% of their time perfecting their craft, whereas other people might dip their toe in the trailer pond every now and then, and you yeah. can tell the difference. Well, this has been great, man. Um, I'm, I'm so glad you could join us today, and I'm even happier that you'll be back tomorrow. Yeah. Let me see. Tomorrow we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine more to go tomorrow. Wow. Yeah. What did we so, do today? <laughs> uh, well, today we did 11, I believe. But, okay. um, and tomorrow we've only got an hour to do it, so maybe I'll be less chatty with you, but we'll just... Okay try to pound through them but man this has been great uh love having you on the show and yeah. uh, can't wait to see you tomorrow uh, and same, thank- is it the same same platform you send a link or yeah exactly the same as today okay, uh, the only thing will change will be a half an hour less of show tomorrow <laughs> uh and i want to say thanks to all the people in the chat room for showing up today please don't forget to subscribe to our channel if you like this kind of stuff Give us a thumbs up if you thought today's show was valuable. And please join us again tomorrow for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. Bye-bye. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) Bye, Craig. Thanks, Michael. It was great. See you tomorrow.